time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Hello and welcome to The Inner Life here today on this, the Feast of the Chair of St. Peter. I'm Josh Raymond, and always glad to have you joining us during this hour of spiritual direction here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. So when's the last time that you lost power in your home? Power just went out on you. Uh, Everything. No lights. All of the appliances were dead. Hopefully it wasn't for an overly extended amount of time. You know, hopefully you weren't out of power for several days. I know that can happen, but it doesn't seem to happen all that often here in the U.S. Last summer, we had a storm that went through the area where our family lives. And between the strong winds and all of the lightning, something happened somewhere. I don't know what it was, but it knocked out the power to thousands of different homes in our neighborhood and in the surrounding region. Uh, It was probably more than just a one something. It was probably multiple things that knocked the power out. But it went off and on at first. You know, the lights just flickered, but then everything went dead and it stayed off. And this was just right before dusk, just as the sun was going down. And we'd already had dinner at that point, so... That was good. There wasn't any half-cooked food that was on the stove that we had to worry about. What are we going to do now that we don't have power to finish cooking? Uh, Thankfully, losing power, it just wasn't too much of an inconvenience that late in the day. Plus, the power was back on within a few hours, I think a little after 11 o'clock that night. But at first, when when everything did shut off, we sat there in our family room, And the darkness was growing as the sun kept on sinking a little further behind the horizon over the next few minutes. And there was still the noise of the wind outside and the rain that was hitting on the roof, hitting on the side of the house. But over the next 20 minutes or so, the storm moved on and all of that subsided. And then it became very quiet. Some of our kids, they ended up going outside to sit on the deck. My wife went out with them just to enjoy that kind of smell and that feel right after the rain has stopped. Another couple of the kids, they stayed there in the family room. They were reading books, each one of them holding a flashlight by which they could see what they were reading. And I didn't go outside at that moment, and I didn't have a book. I just simply sat there in our living room, and I was struck in that moment by the complete silence. I can remember a couple other moments like this too, but most of the times that I have, it's when I'm outside, like if I'm out camping, it's just a dark, silent night out there away from the city, away from the noise of anything. But this was in my own house, complete silence there in the house. No one was, was talking. It was dark by then. There were none of the appliances that were running in the background, none of the hum or the whir of motors or other machinery that usually blends into the background. We have a little fish tank that's there in our family room, and, you know, the water filters on that, they were silent. All of these little sounds that usually go unnoticed, but they they are there. Now we're completely silent. All I could hear was the occasional turning of a page from one of the books that my kids were reading, or the soft sound of one of them maybe shifting, readjusting their position in their chair. It was a silent, dark room. And you know how silence can become pronounced at times like that? We even have an oxymoron. 
that we use to describe that kind of quiet atmosphere. We call it deafening silence. Of course, silence can't actually be deafening. Silence can't really be a loud noise, a loud event. But when everything is very still and silent around you, then in those moments, you can hear tiny things that you wouldn't normally notice, like the turning of a page in a book. And when you have that experience of complete silence, you could find yourself considering, well, what are those other small things that I might be missing? What is it that you're oblivious to in your day because of the noise or the activity that normally surrounds you? What's passing you by? What's passing by unnoticed because the television is on or you've got your head down watching something on your phone? And then more than just the physical world, what might you be missing spiritually because of noise, because of pandemonium, because of activity that's surrounding you? Are you missing things that God might be trying to communicate to you because there's no room for silence in your life? Is the Holy Spirit not able to get through to you because you can't hear what's being said? Well, today on The Inner Life, we want to spend this hour talking about the importance of silence in our spiritual lives. And joining us as our spiritual director today, Father Joe Freedy is back with us once again. Father Joe is a priest in the Diocese of Pittsburgh. He's the assistant director of evangelization and the chaplain to the students of Oakland Catholic and Central Catholic High Schools. Father Joe, welcome back to The Inner Life today. Thanks so much. Yeah, I really appreciate uh, being on with you. Well, it's good to talk with you again, too. And as I said, want to talk about silence, how that silence can help our prayer life, how it can help draw us into a deeper relationship with God and hear what God's saying. But before we dive directly into that, finding that silence in our life, since this is the Feast of the Chair of St. Peter, maybe we can talk about prayer in a different way for just a moment here. Um, Feast of the Chair of St. Peter, representing the office of the Holy Father, the Pope, Vicar of Christ. Uh, Can maybe you take a couple of minutes and talk about the importance of praying for the Holy Father? Yeah, this is just uh, such a beautiful feast day. I I lived in Rome for five years. That's where I I did uh, the majority of my seminary. And uh, it was kind of a a feast that we we always laughed about because the the Italians that we just fell in love with while we were over there um, just went really big for this feast day. So if you, you know, certainly you've been in St. Peter's Basilica, for those who haven't, the listeners, you you walk into St. Peter's Basilica and uh, there's an incredible statue of St. Peter right in front of the Baltacino on the right side as you're looking at the altar. The Baltacino is the canopy that uh, is over the, the main altar in St. Peter's Basilica. And to the right, there's this bronze statue. I don't know the history of it. I wish I did. But um, this bronze statue of St. Peter. And they, they decorate him, and there's candles all around him. It's just kind of glorious, right? One of these great Catholic traditions that we have. And uh, what's so amazing about it is is just over decades and decades and decades, and I'm sure over a century, because I know the statue is extremely old, uh, on this feast, people process by, and they either kiss or touch the foot of St. Peter, his right foot, just offering a sign of, of reverence, and they offer a prayer for our current Holy Father. And that has been done so many times by so many millions of people that the foot of St. Peter is actually completely worn smooth. So, 
it's uh, I just have such great memories of praying in the Basilica in front of the chair of St. Peter on this feast of the chair of St. Peter. Why the importance of it? Uh, the popes remind us all the time, I think, uh, specifically Pope Francis and I remember Pope Benedict in a special way, just begging for the prayers of the faithful, that the chair of St. Peter in this feast day is really about the unity of the church through the office of Peter. And so we just want to intercede and pray for the Pope today in a particular way that he would always be um, true to the true teachings of the faith and be a source of unity. It's a beautiful line in Scripture, right, where um, Jesus says to him, when you have turned back, strengthen your brethren. And so we're praying that the Pope would both strengthen the brethren and then assure all of us in our declaration of the gospel that's read today that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. When he turns to all the apostles and when they're in Caesarea Philippi and he asks them, who do people say that I am? They have answers about the prophets, John the Baptist, Jeremiah, one of the prophets, but then he asks the very personal, who do you say that I am? And that's when the vicar of Christ, St. Peter, declares, you are the Christ, and that then Jesus gives him the keys, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's what we celebrate today, is that Peter has the keys, and that he would use these keys, right, to bind and loose, to pass on the uh, tradition and the moral teachings of our faith, all the, all the teachings of our faith. Mm. Uh, thank you for that reflection and just uh, helping us have a better understanding of the importance of praying for the Holy Father and, um, and and even just giving us kind of painting the picture there of that statue of Saint Peter. I I've I've not been to Rome, but I have been to Lourdes, and I know at uh, the Basilica there at Lourdes they also have. A statue. I think it's an exact replica of the one you're talking about, and hasn't had quite as many people go by. Uh, you can still kind of make out the toes of that right foot, but uh, it's been worn down quite a bit <laughs> from all the pilgrims that, that visit there too. Uh, again, talking with our spiritual director, Father Joe Freedy, a priest in the Diocese of Pittsburgh. I want to talk today about finding time for silence in our lives. And this is something we can look even at the life of Jesus himself. We can see at different points where he would withdraw from everything and everyone and just go spend time alone. Sometimes it would be an entire night. He'd go in the evening and he'd just be gone all night and he wouldn't appear again until the next morning. Um, Spending that time in prayer we might not be able to devote an entire night regularly to being alone, to being in that silence. But looking at that example of Christ himself, what should this tell us as disciples of Christ that we see the Son of God himself making that time for prayer and for silent, meditative, alone prayer time? Uh, how important should that be for us as as his followers, as his disciples? Yeah, it's uh, Peter Kreef says in, in one of my favorite books, Prayer for Beginners, he, he just simply says, if Jesus needed it, then we needed it, we need it as well, right? And even more so. Um, so there, there's so many, you know, Luke, Luke 5, 16 is the scripture I have in front of me, but there's so many instances where the Lord... Um, withdraws. And it's amazing um, kind of the interplay between the Lord being so in the public and just surrounded by crowds and him getting into a boat because the crowds are pressing upon him 
so intensely, and then he withdraws right to a deserted place to pray. And it, it's simply a sign for us to to do the same. That our lives that can be um, so crowded with busyness. I I kind of joke, joke when I'm giving talks about you know the number one answer people give when you ask them how they're doing is is always good good busy. Um, I think I've talked about this with you that you know it's almost like we're trying to convince ourselves and the person we're talking to that we're good um, when we might be struggling a little bit, but but busy. Busy, busy, but we're running and we're running and we're running and we're running. And I, I think so much of our busyness is um, is based on kind of a an environment of fear right now, and of insecurity. Um, and so we've we've kind of set up the structure of life, society, to be kind of busy and and to be overwhelmed because um, because there's a real a fear of silence. I, I can't remember the study that was just done, but it wasn't this past year, but I think it was uh, two years ago now, where the number one fear of teenagers, um, you know, it used to be death, and then it used to be, I forget the, the next one it was, it's now boredom. <laughs> so, like, the, the, our teenagers were finding today, this was a, a study in the United States, are more afraid of downtime and boredom, and, and we would include silence in that, right, than they are afraid even of death. So there's a there's a real fear for it, and and I think that prohibits us from really under from taking the necessary time to do what Jesus did to withdraw to be alone with the God who dwells in our souls. Why do you think there is that fear of not only boredom but silence? I think there's a a few reasons for it. Um I think one thing is that we often see silence as an emptiness rather than a fullness. So I often have to remind myself because I, I I'm very much an extrovert. I, I kind of love a lot of activity, a lot of lo- love, a lot of interaction, um, and I, I still have something in me that says that silence is an emptiness, that there's nothing there. But we just don't believe that, right? We believe, you know, as John Henry Newman said that um, that silence invites a presence, and that the spiritual is the real. And so um, I think if we can kind of flip our perspective from from viewing silence as nothing's happening, it's empty, and making a real act of faith that God wants to speak to us. And the primary way that God speaks to us is, is not actually by inserting a word into our heart, but it's through his presence. And so if I can begin to understand that Silence is me opening myself to the presence of God who is already with me. I think that takes away some of the fear. And then I also think um, one of the things that we often forget to do is tell the Lord what's going on. And so if we go to pray and we're afraid of silence, I, I think the first thing we should do is tell God about that, you know. It's like, first of all, acknowledge it. Huh, I'm... I'm afraid I, I don't want to have this quiet time, Lord. Just to be brutally honest, I'm afraid, Lord, of the silence. I'm scared, Lord, that nothing's going to happen. I'm scared that I won't hear you. I'm scared I won't know what to do. Um, so I think that kind of honest honesty with one's own heart and then taking that to the Lord is great fodder for conversation with him. Um, just to tell God about 
what's going on in our own hearts. Um, and then I, I honestly, I think some of us are afraid of the silence because we're afraid of what might come up. If, if we stop the rat race, if we stop the distractions, um, then I'm going to have to face what's going on in my heart. Blaise Pascal said, most of us spend most of our lives distracting ourselves. And what are we distracting ourselves from? From our own hearts, from life. And so I think there's a tendency today to live divorced from our own hearts, divorced from our own experiences, because often um, life is tough. We've we've been wounded. We've been hurt. And it's it's in a certain sense we think it's easier to push those things down and ignore them and just to keep going than it is to acknowledge them. And so all of us have hurts. All of us have wounds because all of us have been loved imperfectly, as wonderful as our parents might have been. Uh, we are meant to be loved perfectly, and so if we weren't loved perfectly, then then we have stuff, right? And I think sometimes we're afraid of the silence because we're afraid of that stuff coming up. But that's precisely what the Lord wants to wants to address and wants to help us face. Well, so that it, we can actually. Yeah, I like the fact that you said help us face, because it's not us having to face it on our own, not us just dealing alone with it. It's God saying, it's okay. You can go ahead and face those those things that maybe you're afraid of, the things that you dread, that you know you've got those faults, those failings, those, you know, those hurts, those scars, those wounds in your life. But I'm right here and I'll I'll help you get through it. Yeah, his his comfort in the scriptures just over and over again is, I am with you, right? He sends Moses back, and Moses says, how can I possibly? And God says, well, we'll I'll be with you. The apostles say, how can we possibly go out to the whole world? And God says, I I will be with you. So his his assurance is not, um, it's all going to work out perfectly, and you won't be hurt or wounded or injured. Or His assurance is always a presence. I'm with you, which is what we most need. You know, I was just uh, talking to my sister and, you know, whatever, going through a hard time, just normal life stuff. And she just needed to know that I understand and I'm with you and I love you. You know, when a child is uh, feeling afraid, you know, and they're they're calling on their parents, it's like they just need a presence. And that desire, that need for a presence, someone who's who's bigger than us, you know, the presence that God provides that different than the presence that we can provide to one another because it's it's an all-providing presence. It is the Father, the King, the Lord of the universe that is saying, I am with you. Our spiritual director today on The Inner Life is Father Joe Freedy, a priest in the Diocese of Pittsburgh, and today talking about making that room for silence in our life so that we can encounter, we can be in the presence of God. We can hear how he wants to speak to us. We can see how he wants to work in our lives. How about you? Have you been able to create that quiet space in your life, those times where you are able to spend that time together in the presence of God? How has it helped you to be able to hear what God is saying to you, how God wants to work in your life, how he will be there Uh, just for you. Our studio line that you can call in, 888-914-9149. Maybe that 
that silence is very, very difficult to find, and you're not sure how to make that space, and you'd like some advice, you can talk with Father Joe at 888-914-9149, or you can email us, innerlife at relevantradio.com, and we'll continue our conversation in just a moment here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit relevantradio.com slash forester. That was planted in my brain Still remains Within the sound of silence In restless dreams I walked alone Narrow streets of cobblestone. We're not trying to fill the silence with sound. <laughs> Thanks, Simon and Garfunkel. Welcome back to The Inner Life. I'm Josh Raymond. Glad to have you along for this hour as we're talking with our spiritual director, Father Joe Friedi, a priest in the Diocese of Pittsburgh. He's the assistant director of evangelization there and chaplain to the students of Oakland Catholic and Central Catholic High Schools. And today, talking about how we can make that time for silence and how God speaks to us, how we encounter God in those silent moments that we uh, find ourselves in in our life, and also inviting your phone calls, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Maybe you have a question as we're talking about the importance of silence for us to encounter God, to be in the presence of God. Maybe you've been able to make those times for silence in your life, and how has that helped you to grow in your relationship with Christ? Studio line to call into 888-914-9149-888-914-9149. Father Joe, uh, let's talk about what are some practical ways that we can make room for silence in our lives? Um, You know, I mean, you talked about you know, if somebody asks us how we're doing, good, good, busy, you know, kind of that response. We're trying to trying to convince ourselves maybe we're good, but we're busy with so many things. And we're busy because of so many different reasons. Some of that, I think, also is if you don't have something going on, you don't want to have people judge you and think, well, why aren't you why aren't you more of a go-getter? You know, why aren't you more proactive in doing things in your life rather than just, no, I'm not going to do anything this weekend. I'm just going to enjoy some quiet at home rather than having to be out at some event or having to go see somebody or having to, you know, whatever the latest thing is that everybody else might make you feel like you need to do. So there's a lot of that in our culture that you talked about. But there's also just, especially in family life, in working life, there's so much noise and so much activity. Are there ways that you would recommend that we go ahead and say, okay, here are some really good basic areas I can kind of create, even if it's a small window of silence on a regular basis. Any any advice in that area? Yeah, I think... Um you know, the practical is, is just so important. I, I love the story that you started off with. It's, you know, just to kind of preface the practical, I think at times we don't even realize how much noise there is in our lives. I, I'm even sitting in a room right now. That there's there's the, the noise from the pipe, from the heat coming through the pipes, 
there's the buzz of whatever electricity is going on. I can hear some water running a few rooms over, right? <laughs> there's a certain, um, you know, we get so used to it. It's like the frog in boiling water. We get so used to walking into a restaurant and there being eight television screens blaring um, that we that we kind of get so so caught up in it that we don't even realize how much of a lack of silence there is. So just just a little bit of context. How do we practically add silence? I I think especially for those who spend time in a car, which, you know, if you're not living in a in a city or an area where that's a walking community, which is kinda, you know, unfortunately how we've set set up our society today where we live is everything's dependent on the car. Um I think the car can be a great place to make a little bit of a sanctuary. Now, some of the parents with uh, kids might be saying, you know, it's the worst place. But when you're in your car um, alone, to make it a little bit of a sanctuary, you know, where um, you can turn off the radio, turn off your phone or turn off the ringer on your phone and say, I have a five or a 15-minute drive. I'm just going to be. And I think... You know, I I even have a little chant CD, so sometimes it's not completely silent, but I'll even put the chant CD on very, very low. Um, That kind of helps me get into a more contemplative mode if I have a 20-minute, 30-minute drive or something like that. Um, But I think the car can be one place where we can really have time to just breathe deeply, reconnect with our own hearts, and reconnect with God. Um, I'm also just a huge fan of the disciplines. So knowing that you have to exercise, knowing that silence is important, isn't enough. Uh, The more kind of practical I can get, the better. So I I know I should exercise, and that's not enough. No, if I say I'm going to exercise Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturdays from 9.15 to 10.15, and this is what I'm going to do, and I'm going to put it in my calendar, now I have a chance. So the discipline. So what am I doing in the morning? In the morning, am I waking up with music on? Is the news on, which I think is just a terrible way to kind of start your days with news blaring in your ear. Um, But do I have a morning routine? For me, I get up, I make my cup of coffee. Now I'm I'm celibate, right? So I don't have kids. Um, And I I sit and pray the breviary. Now, whatever the first thing in my day is, I I have to wake up earlier. So if, I, if I'm starting my day with my first mass or something at 7:30, then I'm gonna I'm gonna wake up earlier. So I have a half an hour or 45 minutes to pray the breviary and just be still. And then to have something during the day like the Angelus. Again, it's not total silence, but it's an opportunity to touch base with God again. And then to have a night. So I, I think turning off devices at a certain time. 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock at night. I'm not going to check email. I'm not going to text. I'm not going to have my device with me after 8 o'clock or after 9 o'clock at night. So it's really practical um, disciplines that we stick to. Like I I don't check email on Sunday, um, even if it's kind of for pleasure, because it's it's just a discipline where I want to honor the Sabbath and have a little more time for silence in my life. So... Those practical disciplines, the car, a solid morning routine, a daytime Angelus and something in the evening, even if I'm kind of skating away for five minutes is is the key, I think. As you're talking about this too, um, 
you know, you've made some references to uh, praying the bravery. You've talked about the Angelus, which is not, you know, true, just open silence there. Um, some of these things. So, because I think that's the next natural question. When I am alone in silence, are there times where I really need it to just be simply silent and just be alone without any sort of formal prayer that I'm praying, without any sort of spiritual reading that I'm using? Um, how, how do I approach those moments? Is, is there, and it, it doesn't have to be an either or, maybe it's a both and, but yeah, how do you approach the silence in different ways at different times in your life? Yeah, it's a, such a great question. Um, there are times, you know, I, I have the practice of praying a daily holy hour, and most of that is uh, silence without something else. So I'm not praying the rosary, I'm not praying scripture, I'm just being with the Lord. Um, so I, I do think moments of silence where we're not doing anything else are extremely important. So, you know, often the whole holy hour won't be completely silent. Maybe I'll start off by praying daytime prayer or praying a decade of the rosary. But I I kind of use those things to help me kind of wade into the deep end of silence. So I, I do think it's important in the car, you know, I'm going to have this silent time and I'm I'm not going to grab the rosary or I'm not going to grab something else where I'm just going to be still and let the silence be restorative and to rest, you know, rest is where, you know, the root of the word restore. So um, I think we'll find that too as we, as we challenge ourselves and practice the science a little more, we'll find ourselves really beginning to love it. Our spiritual director is Father Joe Freedy, talking today about making time for silence in our lives, how God can work in us when we create that silent time, how he can speak to us, how we can grow closer to him, encounter his presence. And we're also taking your phone calls at 888-914-9149. How have you been able to create that space, that silent space in your life? And how has it helped you to grow closer to God? Maybe you're having difficulty in that silence. And you've got some questions for Father Joe. You can call in 888-914-9149. Father, we've got Patrick who's calling in from Indianapolis. Patrick, welcome to The Inner Life. You're on the air with Father Joe Freedy. Hey, thanks so much for taking my call. I appreciate it. So I'm currently in the middle of doing Exodus 90. And a lot of things that Father was saying, it sounded like he was talking about things we have to do in Exodus 90. Um, so when you mentioned the exercising thing, that just, that just kind of reminded me of it, and the whole, the daily holy hours. Um, and so for those who don't know about the Exodus 90, you have to do a holy hour each day. And you know, typically I do spiritual reading. I include a rosary. And then there's a, a segment of that hour that's supposed to be silent prayer and you know conversation with God. And one of the things I really, really struggle with is losing focus during that silent section of prayer, um, you know, whether it be due to noisy neighbors or just my mind completely dozing off accidentally. Um, so do you have any advice on just how to combat losing that focus? Um, you know, I, I keep a crucifix by me 
I light a candle, you know, to help me dream holy hours. Um, but also, I can't go to the church every single day. Uh, I got to do a lot of these from home. So, do you have to? Do you have any advice on that? Yeah, Patrick. Thanks. I'm, I'm in an Exodus 90 group myself and doing it. So, just yeah, just inspired that you're doing that that practice as well. Um, I, I find um, a little mantra um, to be helpful, and by that I mean a little piece of scripture, even a word. So, just um, kind of interiorly saying the name of Jesus. Um, and, and again, there's a certain, it's not filling up the silence, but it's its kind of helping the heart to to focus, right? I'm the same way. You know, I always joke about I'm not just ADD, I'm like ADDDDD, you know, just off the charts. So when I when I try and be silent, again, my mind just flies and so I just, I just love to repeat in my heart the name of Jesus, which I don't think is a, um, I wouldn't kind of count that as filling up the silence with noise, but rather something that helps me to enter into the silence more. So praying the name of Jesus or simply thank you, Jesus, or um, just reciting the be still and know I am God, you know, the the one little scripture from the Psalms. I think any little kind of scripture, or particularly the name of Jesus, is very helpful. Something to kind of focus the mind and heart. Not that you're, in, I'm not intensely thinking about a certain image of Jesus or a, or a mystery of Jesus or something like that, but just breathing, kind of breathing the name of Jesus. Um, with my own breath or with my own heartbeat has has really helped me. Father Joe, as Patrick was also talking about, you know, time spent in uh, mental prayer, then there's time spent doing some spiritual reading. Um, One of the things that I have found in those silent moments, especially after some sort of spiritual reading, is just being able to take that time after and reflect on what did I just read and what might God want to say to me through this? Uh, same thing after reading Scripture. Um, and I guess that's another part of this, too. You know, you're talking about being able to have, you know, where we're breathing the name of Jesus, where we've got kind of that mantra that helps us stay focused, but also intellectually engaging ourselves and saying, okay, here's what I just went through how God might uh, might you be speaking to me in this? Um, is that is that taking away from the silence, or is that still embracing that silence and saying, "Okay, I've got this time now, God. What's what is it that you want to communicate for me uh, to me today?" Yeah, no, I, I think that's great. Um, I, I think the Tim. Part of the temptation or something that I've fallen into is I end up thinking, you know, and spending my time thinking to myself. And so we want to be just a little bit conscious of when we're when we're asking the Lord, Lord, what do you want to say to me? Lord, what what does the master have to say to the servant? I'll sometimes say to the Lord, Um that that we don't kind of turn in on ourselves again, but that we stay open. And in all that we've said, I just 
I want to underline, and I, I actually wrote down trust, and I underlined it on this piece of paper in front of me, to trust. Like, I think when we enter into silence, we're tempted to run away from it. And I think if we can just trust that the Lord is present, really to make, you know, trust is faith, to make an act of faith. And when we say, speak, Lord, that he is speaking, even if we don't experience a word or experience something coming, you know, through the scripture, something coming into us, just to trust. Because what we're doing is we're kind of making an investment in a relationship. And then I've had so many times where I've spent a holy hour, I've let go of my difficulties, I've let go of trying to solve my problems, I've just been with the Lord, then two days later the answer comes. But the two days later, it's a fruit of kind of this investment in the relationship that I've already made. So I I just want to encourage folks, like, in the silence, trust that God is working. It's like, you know, Aslan is on the move, says C.S. Lewis in the Chronicles of Narnia. Like, he is working, he is there, he is communicating with your soul on a level that is so much deeper than what our intellects can understand. Mm. Talking with Father Joe Freedy today about making that room, making that time for silence in our lives, and how God, how we encounter him in that silence. How have you made that time for silence in your life, and how have you experienced the presence of God? How have you grown in your relationship with Christ because of carving out that time for silence? You can call into the program 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. More to come right after this here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. This hour sponsored by Ave Maria Mutual Funds, where financial goals are aligned with pro-life values and fund decisions are based on investment fundamentals designed to preserve and grow wealth without violating moral beliefs. More information at AveMariaFunds.com. Welcome back to The Inner Life. I'm Josh Raymond, and our spiritual director today, Father Joe Freedy, talking about finding that time for silence in our life, how God can work in our lives when we have those moments of silence. And our studio line is 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Before we get back to our conversation, I also want to encourage you, if you haven't already, sign up for Father Rocky's Lenten Lessons on the Mass. Father Rocky is our executive director here at Relevant Radio. And since we are just barely uh, over a week away from the beginning of Lent, Ash Wednesday is next Wednesday. Well, this is a great way for you to be able to have a, a kind of an educational series that makes you understand and appreciate the Mass more and be able to get more out of the Mass every time that you go to church. Um, this is an absolutely free series that Father Rocky has. Um, we've had some audio content that he's done for several years, but he also has recorded brand new video segments, and you'll receive those every single day throughout Lent. Um, All you have to do is sign up at RelevantRadio.com 
or on the relevant radio app, you'll see the banner there for Lenten Lessons on the Mass. And if you sign up, you'll get an email with one of these videos and the audio content every single day throughout Lent. Absolutely free, nothing else to it. Just sign up, give us your email address, and you'll see that come to your inbox starting Ash Wednesday. Again, just go to relevantradio.com, or you can do that on the Relevant Radio app and click on that banner, Lenten Lessons on the Mass. Again, talking with Father Joe Freedy today. And Father, as we continue our conversation, you know, thinking about what Patrick was asking as he was talking uh, before the break about going through this Exodus 90 uh, program and having that holy hour that he is setting aside daily. Uh, you've talked about, you know, getting up early, having extra time in the morning, setting aside time in the midday, setting aside time in the evening. And I'm just thinking if there's a mom or dad with young kids, and their family life is packed, plus they're working, plus there's other obligations that they have, it might be really difficult to find a lot of time in their daily schedule to make room for that silence. Any, uh, is there a, a minimum amount of time? I mean, can five or ten minutes you know, per day, is that enough that God can work in those moments, just knowing, well, this is kind of our, our season in life where we're going to be busier than maybe we will be in, you know, five, ten years from now, and it's okay. We offer God what we can at this moment, and we know that we can offer Him more later. Absolutely, yeah, and in the five minutes that, you know, I'm thinking my own sister has, you know, five kids, and they're young, and She's flying around, so the five minutes she offers, you know, in a certain sense could be way more generous than the hour I offer to the Lord. Um, so God, he's just never outdone in generosity. So if if we are flying around, like you said, if it's a t- time in our life, a season in our life, where we are just particularly booked, to set aside five minutes a day or ten minutes a day uh, is just invaluable, and the, the Lord will bless that time so abundantly. Um, and that, that's why I'm, I'm kind of really inspired by the guys who are doing Exodus 90. Most of the guys I'm with, I'm, I'm doing it with some guys from uh, one of the high schools I'm at, the teachers. Um, they, they all have kids, and they're setting aside this this hour. And, and I'm just, most of them do not do it in one straight chunk. They do five minutes here, a half an hour here, you know, and maybe 20 minutes here. And, and they make it they make it work. So, yeah, if all you can do is five minutes or ten minutes, if you look at your day and, and that's a real honest assessment, uh, I would just really trust that the Lord can work in that and speak speak to you in that and just restore your soul in that. Uh, Father, you know, another thing that comes to mind here as we are talking about making that time for silence in our lives is, um, and, and part of this comes out of my growing up as a Protestant, I'm a convert to the church, and growing up with that kind of Protestant evangelical background, a lot of the phrasing that we talk about, you know, it's that personal relationship with Jesus. Is he your personal Savior? And when we're talking about finding that time for silence in our life, um, one of the beautiful things about entering the Catholic Church for me was this concept, this idea that is so important of community, because there was this this idea, you know, as a Protestant, as, as an evangelical, well, it can just be Jesus and me, and that's all I need, and you know, but the idea that we're finding time for silence, it shouldn't be equated with isolation, that we're cutting ourselves off from everybody else 
you know, whether that's for a short amount of time or indefinitely, that's not going to be healthy for us as Christians because we are part of the body of Christ. So we're not meant to be alone. Even if we have those moments where we withdraw, we still need to come back and be part of the body of Christ. It, it's so true, and it's such an important point that that even when we are alone, that is um, by ourselves, and there's no other people with us, we we're just never alone, right? <laughs> we because we belong to the body of Christ. That that means we are very much incorporated, you know, incorporated coming for the word to be in the body, um, with with all the angels and all the saints. So I, oftentimes. Uh, on my day off, I'll celebrate Mass alone. I have one day of the week where there's not a scheduled Mass. It doesn't happen every week. but So I'll celebrate Mass on my own. Um, and I, I'm just, I think, most aware at that moment of how not alone I am. That, you know, as the Scriptures say, surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, that um, I, I'm particularly aware of my guardian angel being with me. I ask my guardian angel's, uh, help and prayers that I would just celebrate Mass with, you know, reverently and with full intention, even when I'm by myself, but just so aware that I, my brothers and sisters, all the saints, the angels, that we are before the throne of God. Now, that's at Mass, but that that's all the times of our lives that uh, even when we're al- alone, we are not isolated. We're, we're not by ourselves. It's, you know, I'm thinking of just the, so many martyrs that we've had that have been in jail cells and have talked about, um, you know, coming pushing through the isolation to a greater understanding that they were very much not alone. You know, one of the other things that has come to mind here as we've been talking about those moments of just being able to be in the presence, you you. You mentioned this earlier in the hour, that the silence, we might think of it as emptiness, but we really should think of it as fullness, that God is there, that we are not alone, as you're just saying. And there's a famous story of St. John Vianney. He told about seeing a man who he saw come into the church there in Ars, France, and day after day this man would come in and he'd just sit there in the back pew of the church, appearing to do nothing, Sometimes, some days, he'd be there for maybe two or three hours. And after seeing this for several days, John Vianney, he finally approached the man, and he said, what are you doing? And the man just pointed up to the Blessed Sacrament, to the Eucharist. And he said, I look at him, and he looks at me. And, I mean, first of all, that story has helped me in my own life to be able to be content simply just being there in the presence of Christ not needing to feel like I have to say something, I have to fill up this space with some sort of prayer devotion or, or you know, anything like that. I can just be content to be there in the presence of Christ. Uh, but it also might be good, maybe in these last few minutes we have here, to talk about the beauty and the power of, if you have the ability to go, to Eucharistic adoration. Um, such a special way to be able, you know, even if the chapel is full of people, you're still in that moment there, in your silent space, even if you've got people on your right and your left and in front and behind you, you can have that silent, private moment of prayer just to be in the presence of Christ there when we are in Eucharistic adoration. It's, 
it's a game changer. Uh, it's what changed my life in college was beginning to go to Eucharistic adoration. And, and when I first started going, I, I wasn't going for an hour. I was going for five minutes, like we just talked about. And, and five turned into ten, and ten turned into half an hour, and half an hour turned into an hour. And I, I just couldn't, I can't imagine my life without without time in front of the Blessed Sacrament every day. Um so right, the the it, being on our couch is great, or being in a little prayer corner that we've created in our house is is wonderful. Um, to be able to stop in front of the Blessed Sacrament, if there's an Adoration Chapel um, around where you live, or, or even just going into the church with the the Blessed Sacrament there, and you see the little votive light, letting you know the presence of the Lord is here. Um, to sit in those moments and just exactly what what the story you recounted, I look at him and he looks at me, that that you can just be there and allow the Lord to just love you. And he's loving you at every moment, but uh, in that time, you know, a little bit like I'm, I'm in Pittsburgh, we haven't had any sun here for about two months now, <laughs> and we won't see it. But, you know, it's like stepping out into the sun, and just letting the rays of the sun just warm warm your face. When we go in front of the Blessed Sacrament, it's just stepping into the sun in a new way and just letting the rays mm-hmm. from our Eucharistic Lord just penetrate the heart and trusting that it's happening. Yeah. Uh, mentioned St. John Vianney. Uh, if somebody, uh, you know, in the last minute of our program here, if somebody wants to do some continuing reading and kind of explore this further, that time and silence. Any saints that you might recommend, uh, somebody who's talked about this to a greater degree than we were able to get into in just a single hour here on the air? Yeah, St. Faustina immediately comes to mind. Um, St. Faustina, St. Yeah, any of the Carmelites, I'm thinking of uh, The Fire Within by Father Thomas Dubay. That's a tremendous book with a lot of references to silence. Mm. Wonderful. Father Joe Freedy, our spiritual director, and so glad that you were able to spend this hour with us. As we're down to our last minute, could I ask you to offer all of our listeners a blessing as we conclude today? Sure. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Amen. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you that you, through baptism, dwell in our souls. Please bless all of our listeners with the gift of contemplative prayer. And may Almighty God bless all of you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you again, Father Joe, and thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of the program as well. And I want to encourage you to stay tuned. We've got Mass that is coming up next, as well as The Faith Explained with Cale Clark right after that. And again, you hear me say it every day, if you missed any earlier portion of the program, go find the podcast at relevantradio.com or on the Relevant Radio app. And while you're there, make sure you sign up for Father Rocky's Lenten Lessons on the Mass. Absolutely free, and it's a great way that'll carry you from Ash Wednesday all the way up until Easter Sunday, help you have uh, kind of a, a deeper appreciation of the Mass, and it'll allow you to take your Lent from good to great. Again, that's at RelevantRadio.com or on the Relevant Radio app. I hope you have a blessed rest of your afternoon.